Welcome to the Coffee Break Podcast. Uh, Our mission here is to share business practices, ideas, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee, and uh, we're really excited to be here today. I'm Chad Lingefeld from LockDoc Security, and today's guest is Marco Galbraith from T4 Tactics, and we'll be right back. Chris, roll that intro for us. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes. It's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back, folks. It is. Uh, it's glad to have. I'm glad to have you here today, Marco. Great to be here. So, thanks for traveling in. I, before we get into a whole lot of stuff, but you traveled all the way down from Lynchburg, Virginia, where you're headquartered out of, to yes. uh, to be with us today. That's really exciting. Yes, yeah, very very excited to be here. I've been listening to your podcast, and I, I just a lot of great information. Well, I appreciate it. We uh, we make up most of it, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We're gonna do that today. <laughs> Well, so this is season two of our of our podcast. We've got a whole season one with 20 episodes. We started, I think, in August of last year. For those of you, maybe this is your first time watching or listening, but we've got all that information on our website, lockdoc.net slash podcast. Uh, but we're starting season two, and so as part of season two, we're going to try a couple of new little things. And so uh, you're one of our, our, our guinea pigs on our kind of some new formats and, and, all right. and, new, uh, and, and new segments. So we're going to do a, like a, a rapid fire, five rapid fire questions just to get cool. to know you a little cool. better. I'll, I'll do my best, my, my best uh, Joe Friday. <laughs> I'll fire right back. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, last thing that you listened to, song or, or whatever, last thing you were listening to. Uh, five finger death punch on the way here. Five finger. Yeah, yeah. Bad company gets me going in the morning. It's my workout, my gym music. There you go. All right. Uh, what is the fastest that you've ever driven in a car? Uh, eighty-five miles per hour legally in South Texas. Really, the speed limit's eighty-five. I'm driving a rental car, four cylinder, going down to the Sutherland Springs uh, Church, and uh, I've got that engine winding out. And, but I watch the speed limit go from seventy, seventy-five. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Eighty-five. Wow. Legal. Yeah, it was fun. Try it. It's fun just to fly out there and do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your middle name? Andrew. Andrew. Yep. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh. If you had the choice between invisibility or super strength, what would it be? Well, I already have super strength, so I'll go with invisibility. <laughs> then I can have both, right? There, there you go. And then last, uh, what is your favorite day of the week? Wow. You know, probably Sunday. It's a, it's a, For me, yeah. it's a chance to relax, not work, yeah. spend time with, uh, with my wife and dog, and uh, go to church, and just count my blessings. This is not one of the rapid-fire questions. What kind of dog do you have? Doberman, uh, hundred nine pound Doberman. There you go. And he is just a big love muffin. He is. He's a good guy. Very approachable. You know, you they're uh, you you raise them how you want them to be. Sure. And, and he's uh, he's a good boy. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here again. Um, we're drinking coffee this morning. Kevin Starr, one of our account managers, came in this morning with a bag of. Some new roast. It's like butter pecan or something. Yeah, some like blueberry that. flavor too is hinted in there. I yeah, think. It's, yeah, it's it's a uh, full of full of flavor this yeah, morning. Yeah, it is so, good. Uh, well, let's get into the conversation. By way of introduction, I want to I want you to kind of give us a little bit of uh, a thirty thousand foot overview of who you are, uh, and then we'll get into kind of how we got to know each other. But just kind of give us a little bit of background on uh, what you've been up to um, and uh, and how you how you arrived here. 
Okay. Um, I retired. I worked in law enforcement in the Daytona Beach area for 22 years. Born and raised there. Mm-hmm. Uh, third generation native. Um, after retirement, uh, my wife and I wanted to get out of where I worked. She's from uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And uh, that was too far north for me to move. So Lynchburg, Virginia was a nice area. We like it. Yeah, kind of medium ground. A medium, yeah. yeah. You get uh, all the seasons. Being raised, born and raised in Florida, I never got the chance to experience seasons. It's all hot. Yeah. It's, that's all we get down there. So I wanted to move out. And um, I had been a firearms instructor for 17 years uh, in the police department. Okay. And uh, so I was familiar with that. And I, when I retired in uh, 2007, I wanted to continue doing something that I knew, which was firearms. Uh, I was a homicide investigator, SWAT team, uh, hostage negotiator, commander, um, special investigations unit. So I, I knew active shooter. Unfortunately, okay. I knew homicide and death investigations. So I saw a need for that. Uh, so when we moved up to, uh, to Lynchburg, I created T4 Tactics, uh, which... Uh, first primarily started out as firearms training and now it's transitioned into active shooter response training yeah uh, with a little bit of firearms training on the side but we do firearm safety classes we do classes for uh, small kids to teach them what to do if they ever find an unsecured firearm just uh, yeah. two days ago we had a four-year-old find a gun and accidentally shoot a six-year-old yeah so uh, it happens so yeah. <clears throat> It's more firearm safety. I don't sell any product. I don't sell firearms, ammo. I sell education. Sure, yeah. Uh, to keep people safe. That's our number one goal. So it's interesting. A couple of, I don't know, it's probably a year or so ago now, we have a mutual friend, Steve Bryson, from yes. Security Lock and Key up yeah. in Lynchburg um, and, and Roanoke, Virginia area. Great guy. Um, well, I mean. It's yeah, subjective. but I'm saying that because I'm on air and he's probably listening. <laughs> he's probably, but we'll sure. talk later. <laughs> Sorry, but, Steve. <laughs> uh, he he uh, he came down. We met. Uh, we we were chatting about a lot of different stuff, and and he said, "Hey, there's this guy that I know, Marco, and he, you you really need to get to know him. He's a really good guy. Got a lot of good information." All right, okay, thanks, Steve. You know, and then I think like a couple of months, maybe it was last summer, I came up to uh, Roanoke for a ballistics glass demonstration. Yes, yeah. And you were there. Yeah. Shook your hands. Okay, cool. And then just kind of continued conversation happened where it's it's been uh, it's been really neat to be able to kind of get to know you and to kind of to learn more about what you do and then kind of start thinking about a uh, just on a different level from not necessarily what you do but the the why behind what you're what you're going about doing and I think that there's a lot of parallels there. So uh, one of the cool things and it's it's kind of the heart of the conversation that we want to get into today on collaboration is uh, is is talking about how you go about business and one of the key factors and we were talking about it this morning before before we kind of got in here was how you um how you got to meet steve bryson and Mm -hmm. what that how that has how you kind of utilize that in your business and how you both kind of connect together to solve problems for customers so i guess let's talk about that one of the, uh, let's let's get back to how did you meet Steve because that's a mutual connection for us. So I think we should kind of draw that conclusion and then kind of work into how you're utilizing that for your business. Okay, um, I was in the Bedford Chamber of Commerce uh, building uh, doing c- conducting some business, and here's this um, eight foot guy that walks up to me who I don't know, and he says, "What are you doing here?" And uh, I'm I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, my cop um, personality <laughs> kicked in. Like, well, who are you? And let me see some ID, you know? Yeah, uh, and and so." We started talking, and, uh, and then I started seeing him around. He does look like a little bit of a shady character. He does, though, right? absolutely, yeah. he does. And uh, so we started talking, and then I started seeing him around different events. Yeah, uh, I started looking at his company, mm-hmm. um, started watching him. 
Uh, and we started networking together and referring each other. And then this is after about probably eight months of knowing each other. Yeah. Um, Steve's company and my company will vet somebody very well before we recommend them yeah. or, or get into business with them. That makes sense. So I felt comfortable with them and, uh, we've done tremendous work together, but, but just that simple him contacting me and with a handshake at the Bedford chamber office, you know, and then I see him here and there, it, it just, it's done great things for both of our companies yeah and for people and, and so it's it's one of the levels of collaboration you it, I was thinking about it um, as preparing for this this this, uh, this conversation today where you you both are in the kind of security business very loosely yeah yeah but the the way that you go about it is completely different right you know you're offering education on uh, reactive events and proactive training and what Steve and like a company like ours mm-hmm. is offering the physical products to help to secure facilities or or surveil right. facilities or whatever the the connection there again is is kind of far apart but it's also very well connected are there other ways that you've been able to maybe not outside of the security world that you've been able to do something similar that you've that you've seen those connection points I, I, you know, I, I get aggravated when I call a business and I get the push five for this, push one, for, and you, yeah. you get in that loop, or they don't answer the phone, or they don't call you back, or they don't do an email. So one of the things I've found works for me is, is I'm a small one man show. My wife helps me out. I've got an, I get interns from Liberty University, gotcha. uh, which are which are a huge help. Uh, but I, you know, I always make sure I answer the phone. I always make sure that the client, whether it's somebody for firearms training or whether it's active shooter response training, regardless, they talk to me sure. within the day that they leave the message or the email. So that's really worked for me. And just networking and ethics and doing the right thing. Uh, but I, but I think to answer your question is, uh, is I like that personal. You're going to talk to the owner. That way, I know what's being said. I know what's being put out there, and I can answer their questions. Sure. And for solopreneurs, that's one of those things where, like, you you, you are your brand. Right. You, you, it's something that you have to navigate. Right. But then, when you the 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 I guess the other side of that is when you are a solopreneur. We've had a lot of those in in, in the seats. It's, uh-huh. it, you only have exposure to the people that you are directly connected with. Right. So then utilizing collaborative efforts of utilizing the ability to, Hey, I know this person, how can we connect better and how can we get to know each other? And not necessarily, cause this is, I think one of the, the, the parts of it that, that gets confusing from time to time is that um, people are just making connections to use people, right? They're just making right. connections. Oh, yeah, I've seen that a ton of times. Yeah. That, it doesn't work. Yeah, so it's got to be like a real organic, uh, yes. uh, um, uh, authentic yes. partnership of, yes. hey, this is this is what we can do. And it's not just, hey, you refer me and I refer you type right. thing. I, 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 we've all been to those right. yes. networking events. Yes. Here's my business card. Refer me, yeah. and I won't do anything for you. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of those networking groups out there, unfortunately. Uh, Steve and uh, with Security Lock and Key, the relationship we have is we're not interested in exchanging money or I'll buy you a free lunch if you refer me. It's yeah. simply doing what's right for the client. Sure. And uh, and there's been times when Steve and I, and I was impressed because I've heard that Steve has gone in to give an estimate to a church uh, that I've referred him to. I've done their training and I've said you need cameras, key lock, you know, key access, and Steve has has said you know you can do it less expensive this way. Yeah. To me that means a lot because that 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 puts ethics and faith into that business. 
to what he's doing. He's not just out going to try to make that dollar. He's doing what's right for the client. Yeah. That's somebody that I want to be hooked up with. Well, the other part of that, too, when you talk about collaborating with other people, it's finding finding a company that picks up where you you leave off. Absolutely. Right. And so in what you do, which we can get more into that, but what you do, you don't handle the the physical security component of it, but you do everything leading up to it. Right. And so it's at that point saying to the customer, hey, to the client, you know, this is what we offer. This is what I do. I leave off here. These people pick up here. Right. If you want to proceed with that, that's right. fine. I have no commission off of it. That's right. It's, it's like a true, honest uh, handoff, which right. is which is really cool. Right. And I think that it's again, like you said, provides the added value for the client at the end of the day. Yeah. So one of the uh, other conversations that we got into from a collaborative effort was uh, how you you made a statement earlier about you never know, man, who you're talking to. You're right. Wow. You get in a room, you never know who you're dealing with. Right. We talk about it here with in regards to this particular um, this particular medium with podcasting, with the videos that we do, mm-hmm. is we're not really trying to produce content for ma- the masses, the, the millions. We're producing content for one person. That's right. Don't know who that one person is, but that one person may hear some information that's going to help them in some way. That's right. But that's what we're producing content for. And you made a mention of that earlier. Kind of dive into that uh, topic. When I first started transitioning into active shooter training, I had a, a rather small insurance company. I, I don't ever mention my client's name sure. because it's of what I do. So I don't put the client's name out there. But it was a fairly small insurance company. And, uh, and I did active shooter training for about six of their board members. And there was one guy in there that was so impressed. He had me come to Greensboro, North Carolina, and introduce me to an insurance company that has me go all over the country speaking to probably about six or 700 people uh, a year uh, over the time of, of different locations. Yeah. And, you know, I always remember and I always tell people in these networking and community events that you never know who's in the room. That one guy was impressed with what I did, told somebody else, and it, it blossomed so because that one guy told this insurance company, for instance, I went out to Dallas uh, a few weeks ago and did a presentation to about 200 people. That has now spun out to about four businesses wanting me to come back out to Austin, Waco, yeah. Dallas, Sutherland Springs, and teach their business. So you've always got to go, do a good job because it's always gonna, you're always going to get referrals from who's in there if you do a good job. Yeah, it's it's one of the things, you know. There's a lot of people, I, and I get I get frustrated with this all the time. Um, that people want uh, you to fill out a survey after the sale, right? You know, because uh, well, I need high marks because yeah. my pay relies on it, right? right. And so people are giving you false a, a false scorecard, right? But then you get into um, understanding uh, that doing a good job in front of the right people will always bring you. A high-level scorecard because they're going to tell people about. The oh, experience. word of mouth is huge, huge. In a world where we we live in a, this this kind of marketing focused, you know, that's just just what you do is you're always trying to tell your story, uh, tell what you're doing. But so there's this this side, and this is what is I think is interesting when you when you talk about the the one person, the the the, the always always being on your best mm-hmm. because you don't know who you're in front of. Right is. You also have to take into account that you have to be willing to, to tell your story, not in a pushy, aggressive way, but right. to be able to tell and share your story because you never know who's listening right? and, right. and how that's going to impact them. So um, it's interesting that you, from, from just one thing, 
And and again, the other part of that too, man. I I I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but a lot of people get stuck on that one experience. Okay, so you presented that one thing in that front of board of, in front of the board of directors. But what led you up to that? How right. many years had you been preparing? Yeah, to get uh, to that twenty two years. You know, I was a I was an instructor in the police academy. 17 of my 22 years. Uh, and then I've got probably 15 years experience uh, in college classrooms teaching. So I feel comfortable in front of people. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, you know, that, but my whole police career through taking classes, going to these horrible scenes and handling them, uh, I think I feel led me up to this, sure. yeah, to the active shooter. Everything you do prepares you for the next phase in life. It's experience, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times people get stuck on that one thing, that yeah. big break. Right. And it's like, well, they were just lucky. They got lucky in right place, right time. It and, was hard work. Yeah, they, yeah. D- d- they don't they don't focus on all the hard work that got you to that yeah. point. Yeah, to get into that insurance company in the first place, it took me a lot of hard work. I had to do a lot of free presentations, which is fine. Sure, but I've done a lot of free work in the beginning, and I still do. You know, um, stuff for the community, get the word out there. Because my number one goal, personal goal, is not to become a, a gazillionaire doing this, but to save, reduce injuries, and save lives. Yeah. I want to get people trained and educated uh, to to. Uh, to handle some of these attacks. Yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about obviously knowing the why, you know, that's a big theme in small business right now, right. knowing your why. And, and this one guy said, he was like, well, I mean, some people's why is to make gobs of money. Yeah. And, and if that's your why, then that's fine. Yeah. Own it. <laughs> right. But, right. But if it's not, and you have another focus, then understand what that is and understand how you can, Absolutely. How you can make the most of yeah, it. Yeah. There's a balance to yeah. it. Yeah. I want to get into a, a little bit of what you do, um, and how you go about it, because I think that's interesting. And then I want to try to flip that over into an analogy from a small business perspective mm-hmm. from from preparation. So tell us a little bit about what you do from a active shooter uh, preparedness training, and then we can kind of walk through that process. Okay. So the T4 Tactics, people always say, how'd you get the name T4 Tactics? It's the top four organizational skills you need to survive an attack. Gotcha. And the first one is the most important threat assessment. If we can, and all these have huge subfolders, but the first threat assessment is if we can recognize a threat and shut it down before it gets inside, we've won. So that's where we lock the doors. We put cameras up. So what you and I do work hand in hand. Um, we have to be, uh, we have to know how our body's going to react at 180 beats per minute. We're going to get totally upside down. A lot of people don't realize when we're sitting here and we hear boom, boom, boom. Yeah. How goofy you're going to get. They don't, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. Um, just, just case in point, what, 30, 40 minutes ago, Yeah, yeah. we, we were sitting in the office over here drinking coffee and all of a sudden we heard this loud pop. Right. And what happened? We we looked up at the screen and everybody in the office started heading to the back door exactly. to go to where that to go pop to happened. the threat, right? Yeah, and yeah. A, a, a tire blew. Yeah, a tire just exploded in the back. But I'll tell you, also a couple of the guys here went to their phones, their smartphones, yep. and looked at cameras yep. and saw what was going on out there before we rush out there. You know, yep. um, so so that's one and two, and then uh, you have to. The third one is you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a plan on what's going to happen. Your plan B in case something happens, and then the fourth one is recovery. You've absolutely got to have. You know, we were talking about an incident that happened to you guys yesterday. You have to have a recovery plan if something happens, because when something happens, you're upside down. Yeah. Who's going to notify next to kin? Who's going to handle the police, fire, and media that are outside? You have to have 
I mean, it's it's yeah. the recovery plan is is the second attack. If you don't have a good re- recovery plan, that's going to be your second attack. Is your business is going to go down the tubes because you haven't thought about uh, people who are going to come in and counsel for grief. Yeah, how are we going to how are we going to return back to work when things have gone terribly wrong? It's interesting. Uh, you know, one of the the kind of catchphrases that we use around here, we've got it plastered on our walls. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Yes. And it's exactly what you're talking about is is understanding the whole of the scenario. Right. You've seen it happen. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you have gone and interviewed people post incident to yes. understand what is what's gone. What what all of the um, the scenarios that happened, the, the cause and effect and all that. Right. Yep. So you get a better understanding of what that is. So you're assessing a previous event so that you can understand yep. how to how to prep for it better in the future. Mm-hmm. And then you're consulting with uh, facilities, school systems, churches, uh, small businesses, Everything. large businesses, yes. anybody that has people yeah. to say, what is your plan? And one of the things I think you tie into a lot, you talk about a lot is, um, is you know, we have plans oftentimes for inclement weather. Mm-hmm. You know, talk a little bit about that, how you how you set that up. We we knew that this last hurricane, I, I can't remember the name of it because we had a couple in a, in a row, but we, this last hurricane that flooded North Carolina. Yeah. We knew a week and a half that it was coming, a week and a half in advance it was coming. We know with the tornado, the weather, the uh, forecaster is going to going to tell us you're going to have a tornado. We got chances for a tornado tomorrow, or and in the next hour we're under a tornado warning. We don't have that luxury for active shooter. So when we know that a hurricane's coming or tornado, well, let's go read the policy and see what the policy says. Yeah. But active shooter, when you hear boom, 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 there's no time to run to that book and read it. You have to be aware of it, and have a and have a plan. And that's uh, facilities. Um, can stop a lot of these threats just by their setup, yep. cameras, key access, keeping certain people out of certain areas. Well, the the thing on that too, and I, I think a valuable benefit is mm-hmm. okay. So we we have we recently just put in in place an inclement weather plan for cases like hurricanes and, right. and snow. You know, because we get lots of snow down here. But uh, we we had to <laughs> we had to put a plan in place because. We got to the point of growing, uh, you know, we've got 31 people in our organization now, and five years ago when it was, you know, 15, well, we could communicate that out a little easier. Right. Years before that, when it was less than 10 of us, we could we could communicate it real fast, and it was not a big deal. As your as your organization expands, then it's, um, the, the way that you're communicating the information, if it's in your head, is one thing, but it is still a reactive measure. Mm-hmm. So you've put, a, put in place a, an inclement weather plan, or if this happens, this is what we're going to do plan. Um, when it comes to something like active shooter or something outside that realm, even inclement weather, you, know, you, can, um, you, can, you can kind of pull some pieces of a, of a puzzle together. Right. I, you know, maybe it requires an expert to come in, but it's, you know, hey, if it's ice on the road, don't drive. Right. I don't know that requires an expert. But when you get into something like active shooter, you know, you could come up with your own base level plan, but there's a lot, you know, if you go into the process of the things that you know and the things that you know that you don't know comes into that category. Right. I need to rely on somebody outside of this organization that's got some some uh other 
experience in this capacity to help me walk through this right. process. And that's that's what you do. Yeah, and that's why I've taken the time to travel the country, and, and I actually go to some of these unthinkable events after the dust has settled and talk to law enforcement, victims, witnesses, and survivors, because what people need to hear is not what I've learned from sitting in a class who's someone that saw it on CNN or Fox or yeah. the news or read it in a magazine. They need to hear what this person says. And I ask them, tell me about how your day started. What was your yeah. normal day like? Because nobody thinks it's going to happen to them. And then I tell them, what did you think when you first heard those shots and those screams? Yeah. That's what people need to hear is, is what human beings, how they reacted, what happened. And that's how we're going to beat these things is to do a debriefing on all these incidents from primary source information yeah. and get people trained. But the, the, the kind of concept behind it, the structure behind what you do <clears throat> is really – uh, can be replicated in all aspects of business preparation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Be- because it's 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 uh, assessing what happened, mm-hmm. uh, taking practical uh, application and assessing whatever it is, your process that you're trying, an inventory process or a sales cycle or whatever, yeah. same thing, right. assessing it, getting getting feedback, yeah. and then practicing yep right so you talk about you you talk about this implementation and the practice because the th- the one of the things that I've heard you say that really stuck out is when your heart rate elevates when mm-hmm. you get into that zone of high level adrenaline or panic or whatever right what are you gonna do right you know we talk to these people all the time or you hear people you know it's very common yeah, I keep my my shotgun beside my bed, and you know my pistol here. And if so, if I hear somebody breaking in my house, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, until somebody breaks into right, your house, and right, you're like, right, wake up. You and better practice it. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So having a having a plan for for not only that, but for every area of your business and practical application, and then practice. Right, right. That's right. I think is that's a key factor of this whole thing. Is right. you can even have a active shooter plan in place. If it's not being practiced, yeah. then who's going to dust it off when it's ready? Right, right. You've got to develop muscle memory. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's not, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Mm. So you have to do it right. Just like in a business plan, it's got to be done right. you got to constantly be thinking about it. And it's not fear. It's not paranoia. We don't teach fear. I don't go in there and try to scare people. It's simply I go in doing these debriefings, giving them the education and the confidence they need to survive something like this yeah. and to recognize the threat and shut it down. You know, best way to win a fight is not being one in the first place. Yeah. Walk away from it. Sure. So one of the things that, uh, that, that you mentioned multiple times is people think it's never going to happen to me. Right. Take that into a active shooter situation. Take that into any type of catastrophe in a business at all. That's the way that we all operate. This is never going to happen. Right. Um, yesterday, like we talked about the incident yesterday, and I found myself. You know, we've we've worked through these processes and plans and all this stuff, but I found myself standing there staring at the situation, going, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened." Right. And the everything that you've done from a from a uh, a planning state, it's no good unless you activate it. Right. And so the practice part of it is what helps to activate it in, in those situations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, you, you know, we teach uh, breathing techniques, control techniques. We teach how to get yourself, 
you know, when we hear those shots ring out, our computer crashes in our head. I'm pointing yeah. our head on radio. Um, but our computer crashes. And so we teach things that you can do when you get locked down in an area of safety, things you can do to reset your computer so you're, start th- so you're thinking normal. Yeah. Because if we stay in panic mode, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. So, uh, so there's techniques we do, we teach to, mm. to calm people down and, and get back on track. I, was, I had a conversation the other day talking about um, uh, uh, decision paralysis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you have all these options. You know the things that you need to do, but you just don't make right. the action. Right. On it. And I can see that happening. It's, again, you take what you do and then specifically to that, but then you apply it to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like you can take you can take it to any scenario and you go back into that same process right. of what's the plan, what are the outcomes, what are the results, and then I have to, none of it's good until I take the action. Right. You know, so right. what what is that trigger point and what 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 do we how can we process that to take the action? Right. You've always got to have a plan B. And we're not talking active shooter, you know scenarios but even in business you've got to I, I believe you have to have a plan b if this doesn't work for me then i'm going to go to this and make that plan a work yeah yeah hmm. it's constant reassessment it constant is tweaking it is it's constant tweaking yeah, yeah. And, and, and any plan that one may have that's one thing that uh, i'm sure that you talk with people about a lot is you can have a plan in place but if you're not constantly assessing it you know, then, then, because because things change, right? Well, we did that ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot that changed. Between, Absolutely, I know. In our business, it's every six months. I mean, you could reassess a process and could be completely different, right? Yeah. Um, so that's just that's just part of the part of the thing. So getting back into the collaboration, mm-hmm. okay? So you're meeting with people, you're sharing ideas with people, and then you're kind of growing together. What are some of the big takeaways? Maybe something for our our listeners, our audience that can say, "Hey, this is um, this is a huge benefit. This is something that I learned maybe the hard way, or maybe this is something that I found to be beneficial." Uh, referring back to you know collaborating with other people or 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 working with other people on those processes that we can all kind of take away. You know, work. I, I, going back to me answering the phone, and, and I really try to put a personal touch into into this. And this isn't just for my business, but you know, other businesses bring that personal touch in. When I do active shooter facility reviews and come in and suggest locking doors, key access, cameras, um, safety glass, every single place I go is is personal to me. Got it. So it's not one size fits all. It's not a glove. Um, I go in and look at the facility, then I do a, a presentation based on their facility. Because when I'm talking to the employees and training them, it makes more sense for me to be able to say, you know how when you walk down that long hallway in the back by production and you take a left to the loading dock, they're understanding what I'm saying. Sure. So for me, if I can bring the audience into letting them know that I've taken a personal ownership of what I'm doing here. I think that draws them in and I think that works for me. That's been the biggest thing that works for me is let them know that I'm just not here to change a certificate for money. I'm yeah. here to to personally train you for your site. Uh, but but hmm. to me, uh, collaborating with businesses, uh, I, I really think spend a little extra time with the bosses and management and the line staff. I go, I go around and talk to all the line staff. So I'm not just talking to bosses or HR or the environmental safety people. Just kind of understand what everybody's doing. Exactly. Everybody. But, but for me, um, collaborating, uh, you know, with other businesses as well, uh, has worked for me very well. Uh, but that personal approach, 
You know, I just, just, uh, sometimes you get businesses that come in and say, well, we're doing this. Okay, here you go. We're done. Yeah. And you're, you're like, whoa, what just happened here? I, I don't feel like we connected. Yeah. And, um, so for me, I like to connect, uh, with my clients and that's worked for me. And whether I'm, I'm doing active shooter training or I'm working with another business, maybe they're doing something for me. Sure. It's like that connection. So it's almost like you're in a constant state of learning. Yeah, know, absolutely. Wanting, wanting to connect with people and understand exactly where they're at. We're always learning the, the news when they, when we were talking earlier, the news had interviewed you guys and, yeah. and I do some news interviews and they always say, we talk to an active shooter expert. I'm not an expert because I, I personally think that if you labor yourself as an expert, there's no more room to learn. Yeah. And I'm constantly learning. Yeah, I mean, all the time. I, mean, yeah. I think we all are. Sure. Yeah. Every day we come to work, we have to have that open mind that that I may be the the boss or the owner, but I'm here to learn from people. Yeah. Even at some of these network meetings, I pick up so much. Um, networking is huge. Steve, I know you're listening. He, you know, he'll, he'll he'll tell you networking is huge. Yeah. Just go out and talk to people. Just talk and These, with an open mind, not not that you're trying to tell somebody something, but talk right. to them to learn. Right. Yeah. And it's not always getting my business name out there. You know, it's not all that. It's sometimes let me learn from you. Let's work for each other. Yeah. Uh, but you know, an example of the podcast is y'all. You guys don't push LockDoc. You push. You're helping other people. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what it's all about, but that's, you know, collaborating with other businesses, I really feel is huge. Yeah. Whether you, whether it's for personal gain or just to help them out. Sure. You know, you do something good for somebody. It's going to come back later on the road down to you. Outrageous generosity. It's that's one, right. one of our core values that we, uh, that absolutely we're, that, we're, that we're trying to, uh, to, to walk in. I, I appreciate you coming in. This has been awesome conversation. Yeah, I appreciate um, you having me. I, our time is, is kind of coming to a close, but I did want to, uh, make note that uh, you know, we always are trying to bring valuable tactical content for our listeners. That's that's just kind of the mission behind mm-hmm. when we started this this process. We said we don't want to just have, like you just said, we don't want to just have a podcast that says, "Hey, we're Lock Doc." We right. want to actually give people something of value to take away, and and I think you did that today. Um, as as I said earlier, if this is your first time listening or watching on Facebook, then uh, we want to invite you to subscribe. Like it's it, we have a whole season one, twenty episodes. Um, that are live right now that you can go check out. It's at lockdoc.net slash podcast, and you can you can see that there. We do a new episode every Tuesday. Uh, we record uh, most of them live on Facebook at 9 a.m., and we invite you to join us back for that. But you can subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us there just by searching Lockdoc Security or the Coffee Break Podcast. So uh, check that out. We want to hear from you, so make sure you visit us there, lockdoc.net slash podcast, uh, comment, and let us know if you have any questions on that. Next week, we're going to have one of our own guys in here, Levi Gray, will be uh, in the guest chair, and uh, we'll be talking about workflow improvements. And we're really excited uh, to dive into that. We've got an awesome uh, year planned out that we've been working on, some amazing guests, and really excited to share all of the content with you guys as we move forward. But until then, uh, we'll see you next week right here on the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah.
The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDock Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. 